gets the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again, the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Dunn Tire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Just one guest lined up for you today. Uh, we hope to hear from assistant coach Adrian Autry at 1.30. Uh, we're told the team is actually practicing in New York City as we speak. They're going to go for about 90 minutes if practice is over at 1.30, we'll hear from Adrian Autry. If not, uh, we'll get him tomorrow, which will be a game day for the Orange coming off the loss to Kansas. And now the team uh, flying straight from Miami to New York City to get ready for tomorrow night's showdown uh, with UConn at Madison Square Garden. We're certainly going to talk a lot of SU men's basketball today, uh, but we have to start the show, Seth, with the news that literally broke within the last 15 minutes not surprising news by any means but it is breaking news ben mcadoo out as head coach of the new york giants jerry reese out as gm of the new york giants and reports say that defensive coordinator steve spagnola will take over as interim head coach Uh, kevin abrams uh, will be elevated to the role of interim gm while this whole thing sorts itself out and there's another report out that eli manning may be under center to start this next game on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. How's that for a plot twist? Uh, it's great. It's great. No complaints here out of this Giants fan. Uh, none whatsoever. Uh, this had to happen. Uh, all of it. Every, every single last bit of this. McAdoo had to be gone. Reese had to be gone. Uh, they need to start over. I don't care if Eli is starting next week or not. Uh, because, look, realistically, Geno Smith is not the future. Um, who would have thought that he would have had two turnovers and sub-300 yards passing? In a game, I mean, he's only Geno Smith with a, with a history of turning it over twice a game in his NFL career. So nobody could have seen that coming. Um, but this had to happen. Like you had to get rid of Ben McAdoo and you had to get rid of Jerry Reese because outside of two seasons, Jerry Reese has been a failure as the GM of the Giants. And you know, last year this team was great, but this year the team was really bad, and it was for a lot of reasons. And it's because Jerry Reese failed to address the offensive line that even in a really good season was really bad. It's because Ben McAdoo as a coach was just not very good and, and didn't uh, connect in the right way. And, and every single thing he said seemed to be the wrong thing right from the start of the year. Remember at the beginning of the year, what was it, week two? When he was like, oh, what what happened on that delay of game? And he was like, sloppy quarterback play. Like, sure, just go blame your, your Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, it, it, every single thing he did this year was was wrong, um, and it, it just had to happen. Why let him coach this game? I don't know. I don't know. You couldn't let him coach next week. That's all I know. You could not let him and this team come back next week, home against Dallas on Sunday, given what happened last week. There were reports on Sunday yesterday that, you know, former Giants were going to show up next week wearing Eli Manning jerseys. You heard chance in Oakland of Eli Manning and and uh, like that's our quarterback. You know what was it going to be like at home? You know so you couldn't let McAdoo on the sidelines. You couldn't let Geno. You can't let Geno Smith start a game at home. You can't let him start a game in that building. Um, given the way it was done and the way it was handled, 
Um, I find so I'm not it surprised hard, that it happened now. Let me interrupt you for a second. I find it hard to believe that the decision to bench Eli Manning came from Ben McAdoo, Jerry Reese, and did not go above that. I agree. I I, I would be so surprised. Does, that does it this feel didn't come like to you that it was a situation where ownership didn't want Eli Manning as the quarterback anymore? And they had Ben McAdoo do the dirty work, knowing all along that they were going to fire him right after it. Did they use Ben McAdoo? I mean, in a way, probably. Right? Like, in a way, they probably did. Um, I don't know. I, I struggle with that because John Mara had to be in on the discussion. Right? And again, John Mara had to, Mara had to know that this yes. wasn't going to end well. Yes. And he had to know, and he had to be in on the discussions of benching Eli Manning. Like, you don't just bench that player without ownership knowing and then you know and then you hear him say earlier in the week oh I wish it would have gone differently well how did you think that was gonna go you know like and and I guess part of it maybe was Mara was in on the plan and then things changed when Eli was like no I'm not going along with that plan like rightfully said that by the way you know understandably said I'm not going along with your weird plan um, and, and I think maybe that's where a wrench was thrown in, and, and that's where uh, the Maras and the Tishes didn't like what they saw. Ultimately, they might want Eli not to be the quarterback anymore, but you know what they want even less? They want to see that team compared to their co-tenants, you know, and that's what they had for the latter half of last week. They had their team compared to the Jets, and that's the last thing that the Giants' ownership wanted you know, and 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 that had to be the the final straw. I don't get the fact that they might go back to Eli Manning I next don't either. week. If you're going to pull the cord and, and you're going to make this this move, which was emotional for everyone involved in the franchise, then don't you kind of sort of have to stick with it at this point, Seth? I think so. I mean, the streak I is over. I mean, that was right. one of the reasons you were continuing, you know, this charade all along. Anyway, was to keep the streak intact. Now the streak is over, and you're gonna you're gonna put Eli back under center. And then you're going to yank him again in, what, three weeks when Davis Webb is finally ready to go? Right. And here's the thing that gets me, and I said this last week. You make the move if you think Davis Webb is ready to be a semi-competent starter in the NFL, right? Like, Or at least if, be the backup. Right. He was the third-string quarterback exactly. this week. Or at least if he's good enough to be the backup. He wasn't active this week. He hasn't been active in any of the 12 games the Giants have played. So you made this move, and this is... Again, this goes back to the coaching staff. It was a full-on failure of the coaching staff to be getting Davis Webb ready the last 5, 6, 7, 12, 20 weeks that they've had him. They haven't been doing that because they should have been at the point where now, with four games left in the season, Eli Manning could have been pulled when your team is 2-10, and and you could have put that rookie in to see if you've got anything the way that the Bills tried to do with Nate Peterman, right? And and so I think that when you look at that, that's another checkmark in the coaching failure, right? Like that that was a mistake, again, that was made by this coaching staff. It's just... Look, I, I don't know that putting Eli back in fixes anything. It's like the toothpaste. You can't put it back in the tube. But it... it the move should have been made to get Davis Webb, not to get Geno Smith, and that's where the backlash starts. I hate what the Buffalo Bills did to Tyrod Taylor. You know that. We talked about right. that at length. But at least 
you understand why they did it. Like at the end of the day, they're trying to get a, a look at their their rookie. They're trying to find out what they have in him. They're trying to find their quarterback of the future. They don't believe it's Tyrod. Is it Nathan Peterman? They're trying to build to the future. Everything they've done this year, every move they've made, whether you agree with it or not, it falls under the category of Sean McDermott and, and this this new regime in Buffalo. They're looking at the future. You can't say that about what the Giants did, because as you said, Seth, and you're right on, Geno Smith is not the future there. Maybe it's Davis Webb, maybe it's maybe not. Maybe it is, maybe it it's, isn't. It's probably not Eli Manning. I, I think we can all safely assume that the Giants are, are moving on from Eli Manning, and Eli Manning will move on from the Giants, but it's not Geno Smith. So the timing, again, I could go one of two ways with this. Either ownership wanted Ben McAdoo to do the dirty work, or Ben McAdoo was trying to save his job by saying that we're planning for the future and you know look at me right. i'm i'm trying to handle this look the, i'm building something right. for next year keep me around I'm trying so to handle this the right way it's not right. eli it's a wasted season we're going to build for the future so it's it's one of two things um i would find it hard to believe that ben mcadoo did that without the blessing of ownership so my guess is ownership wanted eli manning out and the only reason you would go back to him is because of the backlash from the fans, right? Isn't that the only reason? I mean, he's yes. he's as good as gone. He's go, he's most likely going to be the starting quarterback at Jacksonville in 2018. I would imagine he is. Yes. Yeah. So the only reason you go back to him well, is, you know, is Doug, to try and Doug save Doug has won face. eight games with Blake Bortles. He might just really like Blake Bortles. Now. Not a chance. Not a chance. He might, side note, he might deserve sainthood. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's uh, that's a conversation for another uh, day. Is. So this is the third miracle now. <laughs> I think so. Uh, but you know, when you look at this Giants thing, here's what I don't get: like Ben McAdoo was probably going to get fired before last week, right? Like he was probably getting fired before everything that happened the last eight days. I don't think there's any doubt about it, Seth. right? I think so. I mean, but but then you do that and it just sped it up, right? Like it, it made the Giants do something they haven't done in forty years. The Giants have not fired a coach in season since 1976. Don't you think they had to do it now, though? Yes. The way that, I mean, he lost the locker room. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, he handled that so poorly, and it's not just him, it was Jerry Reese, too, which is why he's on his way out. But that was handled so poorly that the Giants had to do something they've done once and, and, you know, in 90 years, it's been the same ownership family. They don't fire people in season, and they fired their coach in season because they looked at it and they were like, we can't let him take the sidelines at home again. Like, we cannot let him walk out of that tunnel again because there will be riots. I would imagine that the players in that locker room have to be relieved that yes, he is gone. Absolutely. Because... Question upon question. I mean, we saw it last week, obviously. It, they were under a microscope because of the, the quarterback change. But question after question had nothing to do with football. It was about how things were being handled. And it was about you know whether or not the team quit. And you know, it was about Eli Manning and, and his, you know, his emotions. And it was, it was everything but X's and O's on the field. And you got the sense, you got the sense several weeks ago, and I know that you're a Giants fan, so you maybe got those feelings even before that. You got the feeling the team had given up on this season and oh, given yeah. up on this coach. Absolutely. So they, Absolutely. I mean, they, they had to do it. They could not wait until the end of this season. Absolutely had to make the move and probably waited a week or two too long. I I'm, I think they did. I'm surprised I think they, they let left, him coach this game against the Raiders. Yeah, I, I would have left him in San Francisco three weeks ago. Like I, I said that at the time. I, I would not have let him coach after that game. I mean, you went out there and you played a winless team. 
and you lost to them, and you looked terrible, and Janoris Jenkins looked like he quit on the field, and Eli Apple looked like he quit on the field. Uh, I, there was no coming back from that point. That, that was that was the point where I was like, oh, okay. Like, he's he's got to get fired now. And, and I thought he was going to get fired before that probably, but that was kind of that, that solid, solidifying turning point where I was like, no, this has to happen. Um, that game was awful. Uh, th- there was another one right in that. Th- there were back-to-back games there with the Niners and, and I want to say the week before that were just awful, awful performances. And uh, th- the last three weeks have shown no different, right? I mean, uh, watching the game yesterday, the defense was kind of lackluster, dropped a couple interceptions. Uh, you know, it was Geno Smith there. The offensive line's falling apart. You know, no, it, it didn't look like anybody was playing. And, and do I know you, do you blame them, though? I mean, no, do you blame them? No, and I know they've had a lot of injuries, so you're on a lot of backups, but uh, this team should still be better than that. Like, for instance, Justin Pugh. He's been battling a back injury, missed his third straight game over the weekend. If you're Justin Pugh, why come back to play for a 2-10 and 10 team? Oh, you shouldn't. Especially when you're you're looking at what your options are for the future. And, and he's right, not you're alone. on free agency. Yeah, he's not yeah. alone. I'm just saying that is one example that obviously hits close to home because he's a former Q's guy and whatnot, but... If you're Justin Pugh, why 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 come back and and risk injury and 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 deal with with this circus? I, and, and again, he's just he's just one example. Absolutely, no. I, I mean, you you look at this whole thing, and and uh, McAdoo's the front man. McAdoo's the head coach. He has to take the fall because of the way this team has played. Um, and and I think that just to get this in there again, uh, Jerry Reese had to go. Uh, you know, when when you're looking at this, uh, he kind of dove into a great situation, right? He came after Ernie Acorsi, who's probably a Hall of Fame executive, uh, won a Super Bowl his first year in a team that he didn't build, won one a couple years later that was kind of his, kind of, the, the, the holdovers. And, you know, ever since, his draft record has been so bad. And, and when you really take a look at the players that the Giants have drafted, um, I, I think over the last, I, I think it was between 2008 and 2013. There are only five players that have been drafted that are like still in the league, not even on the Giants, like in the league. That's not a ringing endorsement. No, and you know that I know that 2008 is a long time ago, but that range, like there should be a couple more players hanging around. And, and the Giants have just been so bad in the draft and so bad, you know, and and have missed so terribly on a lot of their picks that that this had to happen. Uh, this team has to have a complete mindset change from the top down. And um, as a Giants fan, I'm, I'm, th- I, I don't think this is a bad day, right? Because this team still has talent, right? When you look at it for next year, uh, Damon Harrison and Olivier Vernon and Janoris Jenkins and Landon Collins and Jason Pierre-Paul will all come back on the defensive side of the ball. And on the offensive side of the ball, Odell Beckham will come back healthy and you'll plug in some other quarterback and, and, You've got some pieces there, and Evan Ingram looks good, and Sterling Shepard looks good. So let's get a new philosophy in there from the top down, somebody who maybe can draft, somebody who will go get the right free agents. And and this Giants team could turn it around relatively quickly, but you have to find somebody who has a totally different mindset. As you look back at how this season has played out, Giants went into the bye week one and six. They had three really close losses during that stretch, though, where they lost by three to the Eagles. Eagles turned out to be the best team in the NFC. They lost by two on the road to the Buccaneers, lost by five at home to the Chargers. 
And they went in one and six, and then they came out of the bye week, and that was the the disaster that you were alluding to, Seth, the 51-17 loss to right, the, Rams, the Rams, game followed and the by Niners the 10-point loss to the Niners. And, and at that point, as you said, the, the move, I, I would assume the decision was made there. And, and I don't know, I don't know yeah. why it took this, this long for it to well, play because, out the way that it did, uh, other than the, if there's that conspiracy theory in place that the ownership wanted – you know, Ben McAdoo to do some of the dirty work and then push well, him I'll out go, the door. I'll go to my side of things. The The move wasn't made there because the Giants haven't fired a coach in season in 40 years. And it's it's just not what they do, you know, so to speak. And and this franchise for its entire 90-plus year existence has been owned by one family, you know, as the controlling owner. And they don't fire people in season. You know, it, it just doesn't happen. So I think that they were holding out hope that this would just be a dreadful season on the field and that nothing too stupid would happen off the field that would force them to make a move. And guess what? Something really stupid happened off the field that caused them to have to make this move. So what's and next? Who do, you, who do you want? If, I don't know. If you're a Giants fan. I don't know. Just, not, just not Ben McAdoo. Just not Ben McAdoo. <laughs> Can they go hire Saban? Uh, apparently that was a thing last time around. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, do they bring in somebody like Josh McDaniels? I mean, is that the guy? I, I don't know. I don't know who the hot head coaching candidate is. I certainly don't know who the hot GM candidate is. Um, the The interesting thing to watch, I think, apparently last time around when the Giants made the GM change uh, in 2007, 2006, 2007, when they hired Jerry Reese, apparently number two on the list was Chris Mara, who is John Mara's brother, the owner of the team. Um, and, and in theory, Chris Mara owns the team as well. Um and apparently the Tish family, who splits ownership with the Maris, was like, no, you're not doing that. So what happens now? Because he's now been the assistant GM for the last decade. So does the Tish family again say, no, let's not do that? Or do the Maris get their way and get that, get the brother in as the GM? be interesting to see how that plays itself out. 315-437-7644. If you'd like to talk some Giants, we can certainly talk NFL. College football playoff is decided. We know the four teams. Uh, Alabama does get in. We'll get into that as the show moves along. Quick time out, though. When we return, we're going to talk some SU basketball. The Orange falling to Kansas on the road down in Miami over the weekend. Lots to discuss regarding that game and where this team goes for here. from here. we got to take our first time out. We're back after this on ESPN. Radio. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. Adrian Autry and the Orange still in practice, so we'll uh, we'll either try to catch up with Coach Autry before the end of the show today. If not, we'll uh, get him on tomorrow to preview Syracuse UConn. So we switch gears. We move on to today's business, brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amore CPAs, and for that we bring in our producer Max. What's up, Max? What's going on? <clears throat> so my take on the. Uh conversation you guys were just having we were talking about a little during the break uh i don't think that this year they got it completely right i think ohio state should be in over alabama why because they win they won the big 10 and i mean i understand they lost to iowa and that's a bad loss and they got blown out but they also had two top 10 wins and alabama didn't they had one loss to auburn in the iron bowl which i get can go either way every year but, yeah, but but I, I look at it, and, and sure, they won their conference, but that loss is way too much to overlook, and, and that's ultimately what it came down to. And also, this same team lost their conference last year, was in the same position, and got in not only just over their conference champion, but they were seated ahead of Washington, a second conference champion. Uh, this year and last year, I don't look at it as as equal things, though. 
because uh, last year Ohio State was in the ranking going into the last weekend. This year Alabama was outside and then jumped in while not playing, so it feels a little bit different. Uh, but, you know, you you can look at it the same way. You know, Penn State last year beat Wisconsin, who was really good. You know, beat Ohio State, who was really good. Had two legitimate wins uh, heading into that last weekend, and they won their conference, and they still couldn't get in over a one-loss Washington or a one-loss Ohio State who didn't win their division. So, I, I don't know. We shouldn't even be debating top four. We should be debating top eight, in my opinion. I, I think the expansion is needed, whether it's six or eight. And you could make the case, you know, Seth, you just said, you know, why does Ohio State deserve to get in? I think you could make a strong case for both teams. The case for Ohio State is, well, we won our conference tournament. You know, we won our conference championship. Alabama didn't even win its own division. And we've got the two wins in the top ten. Alabama's got none. Alabama could turn around and say, well, we have one loss. You have two. Right. And we lost to a really good Auburn team, and and you lost by 31. You gave up 55 points to Iowa a month ago. They lost two games by 15-plus points. But the other one was against number 2 Oklahoma. But but they still got beaten down at home I'm just saying, Max, I I don't disagree with you because I think there should be expansion. What I'm saying is is you could make a strong case either way. Oh, yeah. If you're Alabama, you could say, Ohio State, you lost twice. It's your own fault. One of them was at home. One of them you gave up 1,000 points, and it was a month ago to a really mediocre Iowa. Iowa team and Ohio State could turn around and say you didn't even win your own division you didn't even play for your conference championship yep. and we won right. ours and, and look th- this is the other thing I'm I'm not for expansion I've said that but I also think that last year was a much better case to be made for expansion than this year like I think Penn State last year probably had a legitimate case to be made to win to to go like like I think that the resumes that were being passed around were a lot more legitimate last year to say, "Hey, that team needs to be included." Like I didn't feel like this team needed to I be. I don't in. disagree with you. My point is, why wait until there is a travesty to say we need to have expansion? No, I'm just, exactly. I'm just saying, like, why? No, but, but just be proactive and say, you know what? This doesn't make a lot of sense. We've got five major conferences, but only four spots. We have a, a team in Central Florida this year that went undefeated, and I get that they didn't challenge themselves out of conference. It's going to be tough for a team that. Yeah. good in a program that's on the rise for anyone to say, oh yeah, we'll play you. No, nobody wants to play that team because that big school has nothing to gain. No, but Steve, what I was saying is I, I don't think that people who are vouching for expansion, I don't think this is the test case to yell it from. I'm not talking I get about the test case. No, no, no. I'm just saying I know. why. You're I get saying what you're saying. I'm saying, well, I they should have done, done, done it from the start. Yeah. Sure, they could have done it but from the start, but four is obviously better than two, yes. right? I mean, this is and this six is, such is better than four in my, in my opinion. And eight is the best. No, I think eight is far too many. Just listen to this. Stupid. Listen to this. But why? If for eight, it would be one Clemson, UCF. That would be a matchup. Oklahoma, USC, Georgia, Wisconsin, Alabama, Ohio State. Would you not want to watch that if you're a fan of college football? Yes, and you could even make it six, and it could be the five conference champs in Central Florida, or the five conference champs in a wild card, and then you give one and two a bye, and they they benefit. Five from the conference fa- champs in you and UF and UCF would leave Alabama out of a sixteen playoff. Fine. I'm just saying. No, I'm just. I'm just saying because that's the way that it would you be. have to have some sort of cutoff, and if that's the cutoff, right. then there's you can't be up in arms about it. If you're Alabama, you know that that lost to Auburn, that was an elimination game, and right. they kind of knew going in. If we lose this game, we might be in a little bit of trouble. But now you just now everybody knows it's the five conference champs and it's a wild card. And maybe you know if Central Florida loses the game, then it probably would have been Alabama, and maybe it would have been Alabama anyway. My point probably is, is you been. you right. give yourself a chance to if you want to give the little guy a shot, you can. You have you have one wild card. You have the f- five conference champs and a wild card. And it makes the next best team is Alabama or the next best team is Central Florida so on and so forth. I'm fine with debate. I just, I 
I don't like the fact that you you have five major conferences and you automatically are going to be leaving someone out. I, I just have no issue with it. I have no problem with leaving out USC this year. I have no problem with... You know, leaving out a team last year, uh, you know that 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 didn't win their that didn't necessarily win their conference. I've got no problem, you know, in the past leaving out that TCU team. Like it, it doesn't bother me that much. And to it doesn't leave bother me either. Teams. My point is, is why wait until it bothers us? Like why wait if if because next year all five conference how, champs deserve to get in? Why, why does, wait? How often does it really happen that all five conferences are good enough to really vie for a national title? Right, like how many how many times have we really looked at it and said, you know what? Each of these five conferences have a legitimate team that is a, a title contender. I didn't see that this year. I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 this year looked like a legitimate title contender. I'm not sure. You know, I'm I'm not sure uh, that Alabama is uh, over the course of the year they they beat teams they were they were dominant, but they didn't have the quality wins. You know, I'm not sure about Ohio State given the loss. Like I just I think that it every didn't year happen you this can year. look. I think, but I think in the past when it was TCU that got jumped and bumped and and Baylor wasn't in the playoff. Like I think you can look at it then too. Like it just it feels like every year there's at least one conference that deserves to be left out. You I never totally disagree with if that. If that is the case, then let that Pac-12 champ that doesn't deserve to be in in under your theory, let them play. You know the number. Th- you know if you go to six, one and two get a bye. They play the third, you know, seed in the playoff, and if they don't deserve to be there, they're going to lose. And you know what I mean? Like you, if you win your conference title, you go to the playoff, you give yourself a chance, and if you're not good, then we'll see it on the field. They won't, they won't be good enough. I just don't know why we wait until all five conference champs have one loss or less, and then we say, oh, well, what are we going to do this year? If only we had a 16 playoff. You know what? Next year, let's do a 16 playoff. Let's just do it ahead of time. That's my point. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Uh, the caller that just called actually wanted us to take a look at USC's resume. He he thinks that it's not. That he thinks good. that it's. He said it was better than Alabama and and Ohio State. Their two wins are no. And their I their don't two really wins see, are. Their but, two wins are Stanford. Uh, th- those are their two quality wins. They got smoked uh, they by got Notre smoked Dame. Smoked by Notre Dame. That game at uh, at they Washington lost to State. Washington State. Yeah. Uh, I don't even. I, if I remember it correctly, that was not quite as close as. But uh, as that final score indicates, no, I'm, I'm. No. Regardless, I would still put them in, maybe six, maybe eight. I think like expansion is totally necessary in college football playoff. Absolutely, no, totally because necessary. look, ultimately, and, and here's the thing: I find way more realistic than than expansion is. I find consolidation is going to be way more realistic, right? The we've seen conference realignment what twice already two big waves of this we're gonna have another one we're gonna have another one after that and we're gonna end up with four sixteen team conferences each one has eight divisions and the conference championship games are gonna act as de facto semifinals that send teams to conference to to the playoff right I, I mean like that's what we're heading towards but if isn't that's it? the case Seth then like you you change it as things evolve we're not there yet so if you want to reassess when we get there and say you know what. We're going to four now because we have four conferences. That's fine. But to, to project to that and say, well, we're fine now because someday we're not going to have five conferences playing for four spots. I just like, why? Like you can do just anything do you it. want. You can make a change if you want. Why <laughs> wait until there is a travesty or why wait and say, you know, yeah, down the, down the line, this is going to work out right now. It's not the best solution, but it will be someday. I just, I, I don't agree with that. I think we should go to six or eight. And then if things change down the line, then, then you can adjust with the times. I don't know. We obviously disagree yeah, I've, on this. I've got no issue with leaving it at four. Uh, all right. I think four is too few. Yeah, but I do. It is what it is. I think eight is far too many. I would maybe be willing to wiggle on six. 
Eight is way too many for me. Eight would make a great, just entertainment it's value too- alone would make a great, you can make a great case for that. Eight, eight's good. I don't want to start debating three lost teams to be in the playoff, and that's what you would end up with. Maybe. No, it, you would. I'm fine with six. I just I want all five conferences to be involved. Me too. That's and it. then that's really it. That's my only li- real gripe is that you leave out one of the power conferences. Yeah, and, and then you give yourself some wiggle room with the wild card. So I whatever. I just I I think it needs to be more than four. Yeah. And and you're right, Seth. It is a step forward to go from two to four. I think it would be another step forward to go to six. And then you get you know your seeds one and two get a buy, and you include all the conferences. You include a wild card. Everybody's happy. Little guy You're making gets a more shot. money because now it's you know an extra two games that you get in this wild card. So the TV networks are happy. College football's happy. Everybody's happy. Everybody. We're not yelling about except this for, at each other. Everyone's happy except for Seth Goldberg. Not, there are a lot of people that agree with Seth, and I, I there's a lot of people. I respect his opinion. I enough. just I I think why wait until because sooner or later it's going to happen. We've only been doing it like this for a few years. Pretty soon. And I would say sooner rather than later, it will happen where there's going to be five major conference champs that deserve to be in. And S- Central Florida this year is saying, hey, we're undefeated. We deserve but to be in. But they wouldn't have gotten into an 18 playoff. They were still ranked 12. Why not? Because they were ranked 12 They're, at the end of the year. But if it actually they still mattered. They wouldn't have made it. If, they, if it actually mattered and they had to take a look at it, don't you think that they would give them the benefit of the doubt but since again, they're undefeated? And, and again, if it was six, you could make the case if you're the committee, all right, we've got the five conference champs and we'll give the undefeated team a shot. I'm not saying Running they would the get table in either. Is so hard to do. I'm like, not saying they would get in either. I'm just saying at least you give your like Central Florida is not getting in over Alabama or Ohio State. No, no. So they have no chance under this current system. There no is chance no chance. All. Anybody chance outside of Power is, Five has no well, chance. Well, the only chance they had is Houston, who went and beat Louisville at, o- at Oklahoma and then messed it up in their own conference last year. Would if they, they have, run, if they uh, run the table last year, they would have gotten in. I don't if know about that. If they ran the table, they I don't know in. about that. I they would have so. gotten consideration. They would have gotten in. I don't know if they would have gotten in. Beating Oklahoma and and uh, Louisville in the non-conference, I think they would have gotten in. They would have been under consideration. I'm not willing to go that far that they would have gotten in. Under the current system, I will stand by this statement. Under the current system, teams outside of the Power Five have no chance. Right. Have no chance. None. To win a national title. And at least if you go to six, then you, you give yourself a, a, a chance. Isn't that why we all love March Madness, though? But they're different, though. I know it's different, I, it's, it's and a you're lot talking different. about 60-plus teams, but let's let's just move on. What if we just do a single elimination tournament starting uh, Labor Day weekend? You lose week one, you're done. You never play football again. Mm. That would certainly make the regular season matter. <laughs> That's your biggest concern. That is never going to happen. But I do think there is benefit to moving to six or eight, but more than four. Okay? Whatever it is. Give me more than four. That's all I I want. I totally agree. All right. What else you got? We spent a lot of time on that. What else you got, Max? Uh, One of your Buffalo Bills woke up in a little bit of pain today after Rob Gronkowski pretty much body slammed him when he was defenseless on the sideline. You were probably watching the game yesterday. Yes. He should Uh, be suspended. How many games should he get? It's not a question of if he should be. He should suspended. get a I think healthy, we, healthy suspension. I don't know if that means four two. Games. I don't know if that means four. I don't know if that means six. He should get a healthy suspension for that. Look, I understand it's a rivalry game and tensions are high, and the Bills and the Patriots have never liked each other. But when, when Bill Belichick is apologizing to Sean McDermott when they shake hands after the game, that's when you know. It was a dirty play, and it was bad. I didn't need that to know it was a dirty play. I mean, no, but I'm saying like that's when you know the gravity of the situation. It's obviously a dirty play, but I'm saying when your head coach is literally apologizing 
for what your player did as soon as it happened. And Gronk must have been told to apologize. The first words out of his mouth when he met with reporters, he apologized. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but he's rambling about trying to remember what the PR people told him to say. And he said, you know, as I went through the frustration process, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, what, what is he talking about? Like that, that was a dirty play. He yeah. deserves to be suspended. Um, you know, maybe he deserves, and they'll never do this, but Maybe he deserves to be suspended for as long as Tredavious White is out for because he's he's undergoing through concussion protocol. He's probably, you would assume, he's probably out for at least a week, if not more. So when he can come back, Rock can come back. I think that's only fair. Now, they'll never do it like that, but to me, that that would be a fair suspension. I've advocated for that in the past. I don't know know how that has not happened at some point here in in recent history. The thing with the Bulls is the one that gets me the most on on a... uh, a punishment like that when Bobby Portis punched his teammate in the face and Portis missed eight games and Nikola Mirotic hasn't played yet. Like, that's the easiest one. Just be like, no, you'll come you'll back when he when, comes right, back. Yeah, when he's like, ready, you can You'll be, come you can back play. when he comes back. Like, like I don't know how somebody hasn't done this yet, but yeah, I, I would be in favor of a suspension Or like if that. a pitcher throws at a guy right. and, you and, know, and injures him. Injures him? Yeah. yeah, you can come back. You when know, he you, can. Right. There are consequences for our actions. You threw at him intentionally, he's out, you're out until he comes back. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that, but that would be my opinion. I think he should miss multiple games. That was as dirty as it as it gets Absolutely. on the football field. As dirty as it gets. Yeah, agreed. I mean, that was just that was awful. All right, that was today's business brought to you by Grossman St. Amore CPAs located in downtown Syracuse. Grossman St. Amore CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amore CPAs can optimize financial opportunities for your business online at gsacpas.com. One final time out, we wrap up the show right after this.